got to learn to get past the pain of change. I'm excited to have Jerry Eisenhower joining me here on the Bring On Success program today. Jerry is a coach. He's an author. He's an entrepreneur. He's a speaker. I've seen him speak before live in front of an audience. And he's a guy who can help your small business. He's been doing this for about 30 years. I want to welcome my good friend, Jerry Eisenhower. Jerry, how are you? Hey, man, you know, I am probably more excited about doing this than you are with me. I mean, here I get an opportunity to speak to your community with you with the expert interview process. I know you're getting ready to employ with me. Yeah, well, listen to you talk. You know, I love what you do. You help small business owners a lot in the home service arena. And that's really what I specialize in trying to help home service professionals do better, optimize themselves. Many are just technicians, which you know, but they can be better than just a guy who turns wrenches. How can you help these guys? Well, the first thing that people have to realize is they've got to learn to get past the pain of change. You see, you just said the key thing. So many people go into business and what they are, they're great technicians. They know everything about it. But if you look, one of the authors and one of the guys that I've and I've listened and I've met and actually had breakfast with was Michael Gerber. Mm -hmm. And Michael Gerber wrote the E-Myth. And in the E-Myth, he talks about people that go into a business because they love to do it. And he shuts examples of this. But what happens is they go into business and they end up hating it. Reason being because of the pain they have to go through. They don't understand what customers want. They don't know how to listen. And they don't know how to make the effective change to move the business to the one that they dream of and turn their business dreams into their business realities. I think that's well put. As a matter of fact, everybody, I'm going to plug one of my previous guests from 2009 since Jerry brought it up, and that's Michael Gerber from the E-Myth in our podcast. Go down toward the bottom and you'll see some stuff and hear some stuff that we did. Michael Gerber talks about the entrepreneurial seizure. He talks about the technician not necessarily being a good business person. And you really need to work on your business and not just in it. So what we're talking, Jerry, about working in the business, of course, it's turning the wrenches. It's out in the truck. It's doing all that work. But doing things like what we're doing today could be working on your business, correct? That is correct. I mean, the whole thing is you can be the greatest technician in the world. But if nobody knows who you are, if they don't recognize your expertise, and if your phone isn't ringing then your knowledge goes to waste. It's kind of like taking a guy, trying to be a wonderful hunter, giving him the best hunting equipment you can, and then setting him down in the Sahara Desert and say, okay, now hunt. Well, guess what? <laughs> There's probably not going to be anything there. And, you know, one of my big habits, pleasures, whatever, many years ago was fishing. And one of the things I tell people be a successful fisherman, you've got to think like the fish. And that's what you have to do in business. You've got to think like the customer. And what does the customer want? And what are they looking for? And if you can provide that and get that word out through the various mediums that are available today, which there are a vast number of mediums, you can be successful. But you're going to have to go through some change more than likely to make it happen. You see, what a technician possesses 
is a wealth of knowledge between their ears. And they've got to have a way. And that's one of the things about one of our friends, Al Levy. Al Levy works with people to put together their manuals, their SOPs, in order to take the information that's in their head. Because you're probably going to hire people one day. And they've got to have a system to follow. They're not going to learn this by osmosis. So these are painful things to do, is the steps you have to take to be successful in business. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Don't you think it's a good idea that if you're a plumber, HVAC, roofer, well, in the chimney business, like you know a lot about, obviously, do you believe it's best to differentiate yourself from the others in your space? So, for instance, if you're a plumber, do you really want to be a commodity or do you want to be a little different? So when you show up for that sales appointment, for that sales call, right? The homeowner looks at you as a little different. You may even be a little more expensive, but they're really attracted to you because you're just not another widget. That's correct. You know, I authored a book with two other outside consultants, and it was called The Small Business Manual. And it was all about how do you start a business up? And one of the things we got was the mousetrap. Are you inventing the mousetrap or are you making a different, better mousetrap? So what you've got to do to be successful is, yes, you've got to differentiate yourself. If not, you're going to become a commodity. And we all know that commodities are bought at the lowest cost. As an example, if we go down the highway and we need gas, one service station selling gas for a nickel less than the other, we're probably going to pull into that other service station. But if we look at a convenience store like a Bucky's, you're from Texas, you know what yeah. a Bucky's is like. You know, if you pull into a Bucky's, it's not just a normal convenience store. In fact, I was in a Bucky's last week in Tennessee, and it's a completely different ball game. So what you've got to do is you have to differentiate yourself if you're going to get the highest earning potential and the highest return on what you do. You know, that's one of the things my coaches, Scott McCain often speaks about is how do you build an iconic business? How do you get what you're looking for? And you're going to get that by offering a service that is so far above anyone else. And what you have to do is become recognized. You have to become the authority in your community. And your community is two groups of people. Number one, the people that buy from you. And number two, the people that may buy from you. So how are you making yourself distinctive? And how do you stand out in the crowd that people choose you? You couldn't have said it any better. I preach this all the time. I tell people you don't want to be a commodity. And people look at me like, I'm not sugar and salt and gasoline. I said, eh, not quite. But if you're in the HVAC business, and you're called out to a home for an appointment, and the homeowner says, I've decided to get a new air conditioning system. Are you just bidding? Is that all you're doing? Giving a price? What makes you better than the other two, three guys doing it? You know, along those lines, Jerry, when you go to the doctor, let's say you have some abdominal discomfort, and the doctor checks you out, and, you know, it's a general practitioner, and he says, oh, I need to send you to a specialist, this gastro guy. He's really good. Who do you think gets paid more, Jerry, the general or the gastro guy, the specialist? 
the specialist gets paid more because he's especially. In fact, that's one of the areas I work in. Home inspectors are an area that I work with a lot. And home inspectors are generalists, okay? They do a general overview. But what we're working with home inspectors to do is the increase the number of services that they offer. You and I have a mutual friend located in in Houston, Texas, by the name of Howard Partridge, right? Down oh, in yeah. Sugarland. Am I correct? Absolutely. So Good know Howard. Howard very well. So several years ago, I had a conversation with Howard. And it's like, Howard, tell me how many services that your carpet cleaning company offers. And it was a total of 32 different services mm. that they offered at Clean as a Whistle down in Sugarland because it was more than just cleaning carpets. They were doing all other types of service for customers. And then you also look, Howard came up that the best referral source that he had was the real estate market because with the real estate market, people get their carpet cleaned when they're putting the house on the market. They also get the carpet cleaned whenever they move into a house, even though it was just cleaned before it put on there. So knowing this, Howard has really developed a system to network market with the people in the Houston market area. He's also done all kinds of referral marketing with his customer base that's helping build has helped him build a pretty tremendous business down there in Sugarland. You know, I totally agree. Love Howard Partridge, phenomenal products. He's built a great company, clean as a whistle, for over 30 years. You know, you're right. And actually, that guy can also help you just like Jerry as well. Everyone who's on this program, and Howard's been on the program, of course. He's, he was actually on back in 09 as well. Known Howard for a long time. All of these people can help you, everybody. Jerry, CVC, tell us about it. Okay, CVC, this started back in 2010, and actually... When I first went into market, the name of the company at that time that we still own this brand was Chimney Inventing Consultants. Mm -hmm. And what we were doing is we were coming in because of some changes in my own life that's detailed in the book I wrote, to Reinvention, it was time for a new career. So one day a guy told me, he said, Jerry, you need to think about becoming a coach. And I said, say what? He said, you've been helping these guys for a number of years, and these guys really need you. And it's like, okay. So went into coaching, and we saw that that was our next move. So the next, we rebranded the company as CVC Coaching as we went from a consulting company into the world of coaching. Now, what's the difference in a coach and a consultant? If you hire me as a consultant, I'm going to tell you how to do it. If you hire me as a coach, I'm going to help you find the way to do it. Okay, that's the difference in a consultant and a coach that a lot of people may say. Now, some years ago, we actually started expanding the company. We started adding more people into the company. So we rebranded again in CBC Success Group because it was more than just Jerry. When it was CBC Coach, it was Jerry. But now, and you've met a couple of my uh, uh, my people in the company when you were on our broadcast just a couple of weeks ago. So what we've done is we've tried to find expertise to bring into our company, like Brandy that you met. She's a certified service type consultant. She's also a certified coach. But where she works is with office staff, but she's also service type. A lot of contractors are launching service type. The problem is if you don't have an in-house IT person or implementation people, then getting service tight and implemented is not easy. 
So that's where people would hire Brandy. Like she worked with people on a whenever they're launching service type and to help them get it set up properly. But she's also working on an ongoing basis because service type continuously adds all kinds of new bells, new whistles, and people don't know how to use it and get the full value out of the system. So that's what we do today is we provide a range of people to work in various areas. Like if you need SOPs written, we have a subject matter expert that can come in and write SOPs, trainers, hiring, all kinds of things. Jerry, what is the best way for my listeners and viewers to contact you with interest in helping you with coaching or consulting? Okay, the best thing to do is email me at Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, at cbcsuccessgroup.com. That is C-B-C. And what does CBC stand for? It stands for Coaching Valued Clients. And also, everybody, in the description of this podcast will be all Jerry's information with a quick mouse click. So, Jerry, before we wrap this up, I want to ask you a question. Do you feel that most people who run a small business, and some are self-employed, they call it a business, and some actually have a number of employees they call a business, small businesses, do you feel that their business should be a means to an end? In other words, if you're the business owner, day in and day out, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, it can be really tough, it can beat on you. Shouldn't the business be a solution to your lifestyle? Yes. The purpose of a business is very simple, and that is that the business should be built to provide you the things that you want in life. And when we look at it, a lot of times people will see superstars in the industry. One of our mutual friends is Tommy Mello. Tommy's building a phenomenal business model, but everybody doesn't want to run 30 different operations remotely. They may not want 100 employees or 500 employees. It's like recently I looked at a company here in Charlotte, North Carolina by the name of Morris Jenkins, and I was doing some research yesterday, and they have 446 employees now. Now, this company started back in 1958 when it was Morris Heating and Air, and Dewey Jenkins bought the company and took it to an entirely new level. But see, this is where I think people need to look at. What you want to do is, is build a business that can run without you. In other words, you don't have a participation in this business on a daily basis. You set this business up to where the business has a true return on it. And the return is not the owner's salary. The return is the return on the investment, the profits he makes from the business. And you need to build a business that is bringing a 10 to, excuse me, a 15 to 20% return on the gross. And that doesn't include your salary. That way you can walk away from the business, but the business is still producing an income to support retirement. A lot of people want to sell the business. And I'll ask them the question, okay, so tell me what you think you can sell it for. Well, maybe it's 500000 Maybe it's a million dollars. And my question is, okay, let's just say you sold it for a million dollars. How long is that million dollars going to support the lifestyle that you're looking for? It's, going to, it's only going to last a couple of years. Look at what your income is today. So your best retirement is to build a business that can run without you, that you become an investor just like any other stock. Now, that doesn't mean you don't look at the numbers. You still need to inspect to make sure it's doing what you're, what you're expecting it to do. 
But that's only a couple hours a week if you have the right management software. But that's what business owners need the gear for, is to find this business to retire away from, but still derive a lifetime benefit and have some assets as a legacy to their kids and grandkids. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. Sometimes it's not a good deal to cash out for a million dollars, especially if you're making $100,000 a year on that million dollar nest egg. You will go through that real fast if it's just cash. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for joining me today here on Bring On Success. I really appreciate it. Jim, it's truly an honor. It's a privilege and it's a pleasure. And if we can help anybody, just feel free to send me an email. We'll be glad to set up a phone call with you, share with you what we can do and listen to you and see if we have the recipe, the answers to what you need to get that business turned from simply a dream into a business reality. Okay, everybody, contact Jerry now. His contact information is here in the description of this podcast. Once again, Jerry, thanks so much. You got it, brother. I appreciate your time. 